0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to uh, yet another di- another edition of uh, the Hedens Podcast. My name is Melvin Lopez, um, along with my friend Corey Decker, and uh, we would like to welcome you to this uh, semi-special edition uh, of the Heathen Podcast, which we will dedicate to the victims of the Uvalde Elementary Massacre that just happened uh, a few days ago. We're going to start our broadcast today by... Uh, Observing uh, 25 seconds of silence for the victims uh, of, of this senseless massacre that has touched all of us, and then at the end of the 25 seconds, I will read the names of all the victims of this massacre. And the reason I am going to read them is because I have read, I have, I have heard them read in the media, and most of them are F are in spanish and i hold my language my my main language uh to high regard and i wanted to pronounce their names correctly so at this time with your permission corey we are going to uh begin our broadcast with uh 25 seconds of silence for the victims of the uvaldi Elementary massacre Today's broadcast goes dedicated to the following names Navea Bravo, Jackie Cáceres, McKenna Elrod, Jose Flores Jr., Ellie Garcia, Irma Garcia, Usaya Garcia, Ameri Garcia, Joyce Carmelo Laureanos, Xavier Lopez, Desmarie Mata. Miranda Matis. Eva Mireles. Alicia Ramirez. Anabel Guadalupe Rodriguez. Maite Rodriguez. Alexandra Rubio. Laila Salazar. Jayla Silguero. Eliana Cruz Torres. As you may have counted, uh, those are only 21 names, but we observed 25 seconds because those extra seconds will honor the indirect victims, their family members. Uh, one of the saddest stories that I read, Corey, is that one of the husbands, sadly, uh, just couldn't take it no longer. And uh, he he succumbed to his heart. Um, I'm not going to ask how you're doing, Corey, but as as a as a as a, as a, as a rule of thumb. Uh, our audience will notice that myself, me, myself, I'm going to be a little more serious and a little more somber on this broadcast. Uh, I'm not going to be as jovial as I normally are. That may come out, but that's how I feel right now. I'm a little brokenhearted because, Corey, here we are yet again, man. Like It's like with instant replay. It's like steroids in baseball. This argument never ends, does it? Here we are yet again with another school massacre, another gun, Another school massacre perpetrated by somebody who should not have had access to these kind of weapons. Corey, how have the last three days been for you, man? That's three or four days. I believe it was three, three, four days ago that this happened. How you been? How How you been internalizing all this, friend?
1: It's, this one seems to be hitting me a little bit harder. Before I get into... I feel um since we since we put a spotlight on the people that have kind of been negatively affected like this, I'd like to take a little bit and give credit to the man that defied orders and ran into the school. He was he was getting um his name is Jacob Alvarado, A-L-B-A-R-A-D-O. Jacob N-A-R-A-D-O. Alvarado, yes sir. He was he was getting a, a haircut, and his wife texted him, there's an active shooter, help is all she sent. And he grabbed the barber's shotgun and went down to the school. And despite all of these other officers being there, this, this off-duty U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent went in and, and killed killed the gunman.
0: That, that that's about as Batman as it gets in real life. So yeah. We think we thank, we, uh, we really thank Mr. Alvarado because there's no telling what this lunatic and I am not afraid, and we will not say this person's name on this broadcast, yeah. this this lunatic, because that's what he is. He's a lunatic. Uh yeah. he could have done a lot more damage. And this brave person stopped him. And and that I, I think that would be good, Corey. I think you're doing a good thing focusing on, 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 on the positive. And that's something I tell my kids, you know, because when, when the challenger happened, when I was in kindergarten, when the challenger happened, I remember my teacher telling me, just look at the people helping, look at the people helping. And, and obviously that's, that's a good exercise, I would say, because that shows us compassion and that shows us, uh, that shows us a lot of things. So thank you for, for bringing up uh, the fact that, that there was a person willing to do something, right? And we can talk all day about what the police didn't do, because that's all we can talk about here is what what the police didn't do, mm-hmm. uh, and and hopefully it doesn't come across as a uh, as an attack on our on our police officers that the overwhelming majority of police officers I would say do their job correctly, but clearly uh, something different needs to be done, and this is what I, what I wanna what I wanna focus our our broadcast today because as as you may have been reading in Facebook, there's a lot of debates going on, you know, and, and it's like the endless debate in this country. Uh, one of the endless debates in this country is about guns. Should we have guns? What does God think about guns? You know, what should I believe? I'm a Christian. Should I, should I, ha- should I be okay with guns? Should I not be okay with guns? A lot of people that, de- that, are, that that agree with guns think this and this, that, and the other. What should be my stance as a Christian? What, what, what do I think as a Christian? This is what I want to focus on, Corey. And what I what I would like for us to do, and take a couple of minutes, Corey, uh, and I want to let you go first to, uh, to explain, you know, which side of the spectrum are you? Do you recognize, do, do you think you're a Christian man? Do you think there's a problem with guns in this country? do you think that this country has a problem with guns? Do you think there's a problem with people? Do you think there's a problem with, and why do you think the way you do? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay the ground and also explain how I feel about these things and show you that me and Corey are on opposite sides of this and we can still get along. We can still love one another. Um, so Corey, if you if you would take a couple of minutes to please explain to us, where do you stand on this whole gun thing, on this whole uh and this whole debate of you know, uh, yes, I want a gun. Yes, I should have an AK-47. Yes, I should go ahead and 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 lay the groundwork for 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 our listeners that do not know you, to know where Corey Decker stands. You know, generally on on these on these debates, please.
1: Yeah, and before I get into my spiel, I just want to say that these are my opinions alone. This does not represent, you know the Heathens podcast, this episode is a little bit off the rails of what we would normally do, Um, so before I get into it, I just want to make sure, legally, this is mine, not Melvin's, not the podcast as a whole, Um, but I've really been thinking a lot about this, and between this and a bunch of the other shootings, I don't trust... In, in the Bible it says a man the the of yeah, the plans of a single man fail but in many with many advisors there's much success. And I think that a lot of us are looking to the political parties that we align with and saying, Oh, okay, these Ted Cruz speaking at an NRA convention, that's where my answer is. Elizabeth Warren on Twitter, that's where my answer is would really if you look at in my opinion if you look at each one of these shootings i think it's a gun and a, and a and a mental health issue like i do believe that the fatherless the fatherless thing plays plays a role because if you look at the trends every single shooter has been of a single mom and i'm not saying that all single moms are raising mass shooters i don't believe that at all but if we look at the trends of the mass shootings, there there are a couple of similarities, and that's one of them. I I think that we should... I think that high-powered assault weapons should be treated like cars. I think that maybe you you need to get some training, you need a proper license, you need a mental health evaluation. We need to make sure that these people aren't just going into stores, buying it and shooting up schools the next day like Parkland or like Evaldi. God, I hope I pronounced did I pronounce that right? Valdi yes. Yes sir. Go ahead. Okay. Um so to me I'm I lean libertarian and conservative in a lot of in a lot of ways but when it comes to stopping these things I think that we need to stop looking for or solutions and we need to start looking for and solutions so I think I think we need to strengthen the red flag laws because every single one of these shootings has had something weird happen before that that could have stopped it you know this jackass spawn of Satan less of a human being three-fifths of a human being dare I say posted on his Instagram account the weapons the weapons used and he was arrested in 2017 for making threats about shooting up a school the specific school that he ended up shooting up so i i think in addition to doing things to make it more difficult to buy said guns we also need to strengthen our red flag laws and we need more mental health services because since the pandemic, there has been from 20, 2020 to 2021, there's a 97% increase in mass shootings. And then from 2020 to 2022, there's been, I believe the stat is 130% increase. And a lot of social scientists are pointing it back to the pandemic when we were all isolated, how... Mental health cases, suicides, depression, anxiety, everything else rose, and kind of caused the serious spike that we're that we're seeing. Um, so <laughs> I guess that's my answer.
0: <laughs> Thank you for laying down the groundwork, my friend, and uh, you uh, you said a lot of very important things uh, there. And I would like to 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 add that you are not that off. Uh, When it comes to that, I know a lot of people want to make light of, well, you can't say that. You can't say this. Well, statistically speaking, uh, a lot of people in prison have something in common. And that something in common is the absence of somebody at home. And that's just statistics. That's just not, you're going to find out on this broadcast that I live and die by data because you can't. You cannot, you cannot refute it. You can't fight. We, we live in a country that loves to argue with data. We've seen for the past two years with the vaccination, with this, that, and the other. We live in a country that loves to argue against data. I don't know why. I think it's that fear that we are, we get put up numbers, Corey, because I was a math teacher for three years. And the first thing that every parent told me was my kid is bad at math. Stop telling your kids that they're bad at math. You're just making them not want to listen to numbers. You're making them afraid of numbers, parents. There's no such thing as bad at math. Everybody can be taught. Everybody can be taught how to add. Everybody can be taught calculus. Yes, you heard me right. It's just on how you relate the material to somebody. So I think that's a huge issue in this country that we have a lot of people that look at the data and they're like, "Ah, I don't want to see it. I want to listen to what Ted Cruz says. I don't want to see the data. I want to see what the listener Warren says because that's a lot easier than me thinking. And that's a huge problem that we have. So I, I, I do agree with you, Corey, on that. And I guess, you know, this is my turn to kind of like give you a little spill of where I stand. Um, I believe in gun control. I believe in gun control. I believe in restrictions of on assault rifles. You cannot draw me a situation in which a civilian needs an assault rifle. You can't you cannot under our system of government you look at the possibility of the government wanting your three bedroom two bathroom house that's not very plausible under our system of government these laws were made when the political instability in this country was much more and i will and you think we're politically unstable right now this is just a matter of difference of opinions let me show you why i believe in gun control i'm going to give you i'm going to give you a stat that just it's it's insurmountable to me all right. Do you know in this country there's more people than guns. There are more people than guns in this country. For every 100 citizens in this country, there's 120 guns. The next country over, that I'm going to give you the next four countries over. The next four countries are Yemen, Serbia, Montenegro, and Uruguay. And these countries have 52 52 guns per 100 residents in Yemen, 39 in Serbia and Montenegro, which are two separate countries, which used to be one, but we'll get there. And in Uruguay, they have 35 guns per 100 residents. So we are leading the world in that. However, what do the countries below us have in common? Political instability. There's been a lot of political instability in Yemen over the years. And I'm talking about civil war kind of stuff, stuff that we have never even dreamed about in this country. What about Serbia and Montenegro? Do you think those, those people have a reason to, to carry all these guns? Yes, they do. They are part of the old Yugoslavia. Within my lifetime, I remember the Yugoslav wars. I remember the, the Yugoslav uh, uh, wars of the 90s. And then in Uruguay and South America, there has been a lot of political instability as well. Argentina, Uruguay, with all that, all that history, with all these lunatics in South America, with Pinochet and uh, and and all these all these lo- political lunatics as well. So you can understand why, Corey, all these countries have all these guns. But still they have four times less guns than we do. Even you have people in Serbia and you have people in Montenegro that were our age when the Yugoslav wars happened, when people would come into their homes and raid them. And those people still don't think that as many guns as we think is necessary. Like, I don't understand. In this country, there's a culture of fear. And a lot of people that that say a culture of fear would, would... would call me fearful for getting a vaccine, but they have an arsenal of 20 guns in their basement because their government wants their four-bedroom house. The government doesn't want your four-bedroom house, okay? And the reason I think about that is because, let me throw another stat at you, my friend. The reason I believe in, in restriction, and you should not have, if you're a civilian, you should not have an assault rifle. Because you can't hunt with an assault rifle. The assault rifle is made very simply to kill very many people in a very short time. That's what the assault rifles is made for. The assault rifle is made to kill as many people as you can in as little time as you can. That is why the assault rifle was made. Let me give you an example of why I also think that we need restriction on these rifles. Let me let me let me give you a let me give you a number here. In the US, do you know what percent of homicides involve a gun, Corey? Just take a shot. What do you think? 92. Well, thank you for shooting high, but it's 79%. Oh. 79%. But our cousin, the UK, do you know how many how many, you know, gun related homicides they have by comparison? Just take a shot if, if we are seven if if 79% of our homicides happen with a gun across the pond, where a lot of people in this country came from our cousins, so to speak, in the UK, do you know what percentage of their homicides involve guns.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a hint.
0: you can count it on one hand.
1: Wow. Yeah, I was I was thinking 24.
0: And these are our cousins. These are our strong allies that we think a lot what they do whenever we want to get into a spat internationally they support us so they're not i'm not talking about little banana republics here that are involved in civil war all the time i'm talking about countries like the uk that have had very serious restrictions on guns for a very long time you are much less likely you have a 4% chance of getting killed and that killed be because of a gun and here you have 79 percent of a chance of that that's a huge disparity that is not a people problem because our people are not worse than theirs that is a gun problem my friend in my opinion of course these are my opinions okay let's look at our neighbor to the north somebody who talks and acts a lot like we do with all due respect to my friends over there that take offense to us, because I know we have a couple of friends in Canada, our neighbors to the north, 37% of their homicides involve a gun. So that's still half to our 79%. And this is Canada. They're our neighbors, they're right there. Strong allies as well, internationally. In Australia, of homicides involve a gun. Look at that 13, look at that 37, and look at that four. Compare it to our 79. What's the problem? They're citizens, to me, in my opinion, Corey, in my opinion, and I know that you threw mental health and you threw everything. In my opinion, there's too many guns being manufactured and running around in this country in the hands of people that shouldn't have them. And to me, that's the difference, my man, because it's not that there's no lunatics across the pond. Jack the Ripper's from there. There's lunatics across across the pond. There are lunatics there, but the lunatics there don't have access to the stuff that the lunatics here have. Yes, they have much better mental health. I'll give you that one, Corey, and that is true. Across the pond, everywhere else in the world, in the world, their mental health is much better. So that's to your point. That is our common ground right there. I do agree with you. We need better background checks. We need much more mental health. I believe that one threat and you should lose your right to to, to, to carry. One false threat. I don't care if you meant it. I don't care if your kid got into your into your into your Facebook and said it. I don't care if it was a joke that was misinterpreted. If you issue a threat to the point where the police is involved, you should lose your right to carry.
1: Amen. I mean we have we have sex offenders that they once took they once took a piss near in some trees within within five hundred feet of a playground. Like they were covered and everything, but If that can get you labeled a sex offender for life, then I agree. A threat
0: should get you. Yeah. Should get you treated like a threatening person because that's what you want. You want to issue a threat. You want to issue. Corey, three weeks ago, my son's school in Tennessee had a bomb threat. So, and this is Tennessee. In Tennessee, Tennessee. Let me, let, me, let me tell you how the gun laws are in Tennessee, my friend. In Tennessee, you can get up. And as long as you've never broken a law, you can go buy a gun right now. And not only you can buy it, you can carry it everywhere with you. It doesn't matter if you've never touched a gun in your life. If you've never touched a gun in your life, you can go two miles from here and you can go buy a gun and you will have it in your hands tomorrow and you can take it everywhere with you. And the law protects you. That is irresponsible Open concealed carry is irresponsible. It is absolutely irresponsible, and nothing is going to ever convince me that with 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 more restriction, these things wouldn't have happened. Because it's what the data says, my friend. And and to kind of put a bow on what I think, because I want to take it back to our Christian audience as well. Let me show you why I think the way I do. I think, Corey that the, the, the moment to do this was after Columbine this is this was the moment the moment to do all these restrictions and all this all this push was after Columbine because after Columbine is when everybody was like oh wait a minute I can be a superstar too there's been there's been countries where after one massacre after one massacre they did all these restrictions and I will show I, let me let me share with our audience what, the results of these restrictions were let's take an example I'm, again we're not going to be talking about countries that are always engulfed in in civil war i'm talking about the united kingdom and scotland in 1996 after the Dublin primary school massacre restrictions came in 1997 per capita per capita their gun debts right now Stand at 0.17. Compare that, Corey, to our 12. Our 11.96 deaths per capita on guns. Do you see a huge disparity there? Like, there's a huge disparity there. And again, these are our, our, our cousins here. In Australia, they just celebrated the 25th anniversary of their last massacre. Their debts per capita are at 0.9. Ours are at 11.96 with restrictions. And this is just restrictions. We're not talking about mental health. We're not talking, this is just the restriction on you cannot have an assault rifle because you don't need an assault rifle. It's that simple. It's that type of restriction. New Zealand, and they're still working on it. They're still working on it. This New Zealand one is a good example because they're taking action after their 2019 shooting, but it's not perfect. It's been criticized heavily, but even that, their crime has gone significantly down from 11.98%, which is where we are at. It's cut down to five per capita in two years of restrictions. Like, look, I don't like restrictions. I really don't. I really don't. I, really don't, I really don't. I really don't like restrictions let's just get that out there we live in a free country nobody can tell me what to do this that and the other i get it however if there are restrictions on how much Sudafed i can buy because people don't want me constructing a meth lab what is the difference between how much pseudofed i can buy because i cannot buy a meth lab because i i, I want to make a meth lab and what is the difference between that and the government tell me well you know what you're never going to have 25 people on your front door ready to attack you so you really don't need an assault rifle now do you I, I failed to see the difference so let's take this back to our Christian audience Corey remember a few a few weeks ago I think one of our first episodes was about political bullying right yes have you seen a lot of political bullying from the Christian crowd in the past four or five days is water wet <laughs> <laughs> Here it's, we are yet again. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me what you've seen. I want I want to because let me let me be quite honest with you, Corey. You have much more contact with Christians than I do. The only Christians that I do, that I that I deal with are you, my family, and a couple of other friends. But you are amongst the Christian crowd. Tell me what you've seen and, uh, from Christians on this political bullying spectrum on guns in the past few days.
1: Honestly, it's just kind of been. It's been a lot of, you know. Well, he he shot up a school because you know, there's there's too much godlessness in this country. They like to take this one issue, and then make it a worldwide phenomenon.
0: Because there's no godlessness in Australia, right? Like, yeah, there's there's
1: there's no godlessness. You know, oh, anywhere look, else, it's only here oh, that there's godlessness. Had, we we've had this massive massive the you know, resurgence of mass shootings i mean even they're becoming more frequent ever since the pandemic and all the lockdowns that happened that's clearly it's clearly the end times that's that's a popular one that i see every everything bad is is the end times as if i'm going through the old testament right now there's some shitty stuff that happened in there and that's not the end times that's no, that's sure the beginning of the book that's exactly that's the very beginning by nature <laughs> literally like and the other thing that I that I see and there's there's a video that I, I sent you about it that I feel like nailed it perfectly when it comes to political bullying. There are churches that will put up however many crosses for how many children have been aborted with, within the span of you know every every insert duration of time blank children are aborted and then they'll you know they'll put crosses up they'll they'll go to washington dc and they'll say save you know save the children and i'm i'm pro-life but the issue with the pro-life crowd and the christian response to the mass shooting has been the same they don't actually care about children they, they care about their beliefs outside of the one that I attend, there, there has not been very many churches that have done any memorials for, for mass shooting victims that I could see.
0: And this is because shooting victims that were six, seven, eight years old. We're not talking yeah. about a three-week-old fetus. And, and that's another conversation that doesn't have cognition yet. We're not talking about, we're talking about seven eight-year-old children and if you cannot see the difference between an eight-year-old child and a three-week-old fetus i'm gonna have to refer to you to the to to a, to a biology book because if you cannot see that difference friend please get some biology in your life there's a clear difference on feelings and cognition and function between a three-week-old fetus and an eight-year-old child so Corey, wow that, like yeah you've seen much more memorials for three-week-old fetuses than you have for eight-year-old child's
1: children yeah and i think the thing that frustrates me the most about like i guess the christian response to this is you know ted cruzel mentioned mentioned a bible verse and oh you know that's a christian leader oh trump trump was seen in a church with his hands held high that's a christian leader oh look I can't think of any Democrats off the top of my head, but oh, insert Warren, Democrat here.
0: Bernie, yeah. whomever, yeah.
1: Ber- Bernie put a put a Bible verse. You know, he's clearly a Christian leader. The issue is, we're we as Christians are thinking, looking at these mass shootings with the wrong set of eyes. Because we're looking at it as, oh, there's a lot of church in this country that are red, bright red, and there's a lot that are bright blue, and we in the red need to out outdo the blue or we in the blue need to outdo the red because they're evil when if you look at the example of Jesus himself we the Christian response is not to get involved in, in politics if we have no control over it we can talk about it we, we can should and will write our senators but at and- the end of the day we need to we need to be with the people that are hurting. That's wow. the Jesus response Our Jesus response is not to post cool me meet- and I'm guilty of this. I have posted several memes in the past couple of days because I like to trigger people. That's a that's a flaw of mine. <laughs> but I think that's all of us friend. you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, we're not called as christians to post memes from occupy democrats or red state watcher or some of the things that we want our job as christians is to think about the teachers like my wife and like melvin used to be that maybe still have to go in into school next week that's and well. and the parents that still have to drop their their kids off i've seen a lot of stories about people that are famous and that aren't famous, that after they drop their kids off, they've been hugging them a little bit extra tightly because they don't know anymore if if that kid is coming home.
0: That's something. It's like the same reaction that I had my wife at the time give me when she put me on a plane to go to war. She hugged me extra tightly because she didn't know if she was going to see me again. And she was putting me on a plane to go to war. And that is the same reaction that parents were giving their children to go into a public school. Like, I want you to think about that for a second, friend. Whichever, whichever side of the spectrum you're in. If Listen, if you're extreme right, I can't change your mind. All I can do is throw that at you and, you know, let you deal with it. All right? If you need any help interpreting it, all right, I'm a little rusty. I haven't taught math in a year, but I can help you out. But I want you to think about that. Parents are hugging their children extra before dropping them off at school. And that is the same reaction that I got from my wife when she put me on a plane to go to war. We're sending our children into something that is the right. Remember, we're talking about school mass shootings here. We're not talking about gang related uh, uh, shootings. That's another story. We're not talking about regular petty crime that somebody ends up getting shot at. That's another story. We are talking about lunatic goes into public place with automatic weapon and takes out a lot of people in a little time. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about mass shootings that tend to happen more in schools in this country. And those are our more vulnerable members of our, of our society, the children. Corey, you, uh, your words reminded me of, uh, of a little acronym that I've come to despise in my walk that was really famous when I was growing up. I was about 16, 17 years old. And I saw somebody with a, per, with a, with a little bracelet that had the letters W-W-J-D on it. And that stood for, what would Jesus do? Well, let me ask you a question, my friend that are listening out there. What do you think Jesus would do right now? Would Jesus defend the current status quo that is causing all these shootings? Would Jesus defend the constitution of the country that allows you to carry a gun? Or would Jesus want you to to hug these victims and have compassion over these victims? What do you think Jesus would do? Let me throw that back out, people. Now, this kind of segues me into a huge problem that I think our churches have, and I, that our Christians have, is that you have no idea who God is. That's that's mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that's that's a huge, that's a huge problem in churches, in Christianity today, is that people have absolutely no idea who God is. They want to make Corey. You seen Talladega Nights? Yeah remember when they were like i like to imagine jesus having uh having the and that there's my little humor for the day you know i'm who i am i'm (laughs) I'm always gonna be a little humorous even though i'm a little slumber right now. angel band yeah i like to imagine him as an angel and then he was like well i like to imagine jesus uh watching little baby ice time videos i haven't seen that movie in a while uh but (laughs) it's to the point is that they're imagining jesus in in their own ways and and i think To a certain extent, that's part of our human condition. You know, we are who we are. We're always going to try to skew our God into agreeing a little bit with us. But that just shows me, Corey, how little we know about God, about how little we know. We don't know, like, and and Corey, this is not a a new guy talking to you right now. I've been in churches. I've been following Christianity for 20 years now. I, I had the opportunity and the privilege to study theology. I've written a dissertation in theology. And I don't know about God a lot. I, I don't know. I, With every passing day, the more I study the Bible, Corey, the less I know. I found out that I know. My point is this. Christian out there that is listening to me, you have no idea how God feels about God having guns. You have no idea how God feels about gun laws. Why? Because everything you know about God comes from the Bible. And I don't know if you're aware, guns weren't around when the Bible was written. They weren't. You can do all the all the mental gymnastics, all the spiritual gymnastics that you want, and be like, well, this verse says this, but, this, but then because of that, 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 and that. That is not how hermeneutics work. You have to interpret a verse in context, and its meaning at the time. Corey, these 2,000 pages that we hold as God's word is just... A fraction of who God is. Mm -hmm. A fraction. All we have is how God has dealt with a specific kind of people. That's it. We don't know how God has dealt with the rest of the world. We don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. And you know what, Corey? The fact that you don't know should not make us. The fact that we don't know should not make us scared. It should strengthen our faith. Because that is the definition of faith is not knowing. No, friend, you don't know how God feels about guns. You don't know how God feels about the Second Amendment. You don't know how God feels about partial birth abortion. You don't know how God feels about science. I think it is the most absurd thing that people can do is to look in the Bible for scientific answers. The Bible was written for people who thought the sky was falling. The Bible was written for people who thought that when they looked up, there was a solid structure over them the bible was written for people who did not know where the sun went at night and that is a fact so you really don't know much god was talking this is the most amazing being in the whole wide world the most the smartest the strongest the most powerful being in the whole wide world was talking to people who did not know where the where the where the sun went at night So, this is how much God had to, this is how basic God's words are in the Bible. We do not know God's inner thoughts. That is ridiculous. We do not. We do not know God's inner thoughts. They are too complex for our understanding. Heck, his basic thoughts that he gave us in the Bible are too complex already. You don't know how God feels about guns. You don't know how God feels about abortion. Because most of the verses that I hear people quote about abortion, those are metaphors. So if anything, all you're proving is that you don't know how to interpret a metaphor, my friend. And I really, I really, I really want to go back to our understanding of God. What do we know about God? We know He's compassionate. Then be compassionate. We don't know if God is pro-gun. We don't know if God is a Republican. We don't know if God is pro-healthcare, but we know God is pro-compassion, or we know God is pro-love. We don't know if God is a Democrat or a Republican, but we know He's pro-love and compassion. We need to be a little more compassionate and realize that there's a lot of problems. Forget, there's a lot of problems in this country. And these politicians that are pushing for things to remain how they are ask them a simple question and and, and this is this is when i want to start start wrapping it up what do you make of this data what do you make as, i want to ask you a simple question my friend that are listening to me out there i want to ask you the same question corey what do you make of the data that states that with more restrictions on assault rifles, comes less crime. What do you make of that data? Look, I don't like it. Like, <laughs> I grew up super to the right. My parents, my dad was a veteran. I'm a veteran myself. I grew up as, as, as very far right. I wasn't lunatic right, but I was right. And it took me a while to deconstruct and understand, maybe I'm wrong about this maybe maybe it's not just a people problem because when people tell me it's a people problem, Corey, I think what they're saying is that people in England are better than people here. So there's no lunatics in England? That's what you're saying? There's no lunatics in Scotland? There are no lunatics in Australia? Yes, there are. They just don't have as much access to the weapons to cause their lunacy as the lunatics here do. So again... I want to ask you, my Christian friend out there, number one, how much do you really know about God? And the fact of the matter is that you really don't know a lot about God. What you have is about 2,000 pages written to people that didn't know where the sun went at night. And, And that's how basic God's thoughts are in the Bible. So if those thoughts that are God's such basic thoughts give us so much trouble, how dare us? As Christians say, "Hey, I know God is against this, and I know God is against this. Something of which He never speaks." Yes, I can say God is against murder because God says, "Thou shalt not murder." Yes, I know God is against lying because God says, "Thou shalt not bear false witness." No, I don't know how God feels about the abortion of a woman who has an atopic pregnancy and 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 has to choose between her and 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 this fetus. I don't I, I don't know how God feels about that. I don't know where where life starts, according to God, because every verse in the Bible that says life starts in the womb can can be attributed to a metaphor. So I don't know. But what do we make of this data, Christian friends? What do we make of the data that says that with more restrictions comes less crime? Bring us home, Corey. I like, go ahead and give me give me your last bill. I wasn't that was rhetorical by the way. I don't want you to answer that. That was rhetorical. And I'm I'm giving okay. it to everybody. What do we make of this data that says that with more restrictions on assault rifles come less crime? And that that I want that to be my last thought. My friend, you go ahead and bring us
1: home. I when it when it talks about you know stopping these mass you know these these mass shootings I just, I just believe that we need to stop looking for or solutions and we need to start looking for and solutions because yes, there are a couple of shootings that come to mind that, you know, banning, uh, uh, purchase of the, of assault rifles would have prevented Parkland, Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting. And I'll throw, I'll throw that, to uh, that Santa Fe one. That happened there's been so many that yeah. I can't name exactly it. that and, and isn't, isn't is that? that an indictment
0: <laughs> of our society right there isn't that an indictment that there's so many shootings you don't know which one to pick from
1: <laughs> that being said the reason why I think it's an and solution and not an or solution like I want to absorb you know the, the assault rifle restrictions I believe I believe in that even though I'm part libertarian but the other the other part of it is if you look at Columbine, Sandy Hook, and there's there's too many in in my head. This is awful. But there's and, and Virginia Tech. Virginia v- Tech, Tech yeah. was done was done with two pistols. The reason why I think it's an and solution is because. There is a different thing with each mass shooting that would have prevented it. But at the core of all of it, us not showing compassion as Christians, I think would have done a lot more world of good instead of us sticking to our political beliefs rather than the Bible. And if 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 you'd like some more reading on like maybe some of my beliefs, there's a book called The Politically Homeless Christian by Aaron Schaefer. I've heard there, you mention it, yes. I, I, I love your abortion argument he actually makes in said book. Uh, the, the Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell is another one uh, for the people out there that are kind of interested in the fatherlessness statistics. Um, I'd I'd also like to just make a correction. Single moms are the strongest fucking people on the planet. Amen. The strongest. So just because those fatherless statistics are out there, if your kids are out there and they're not shooting up schools, you're better. You're, you're the cream of the crop, according to the data so if that happens and you're a single mom out there and you say well you know my kids didn't have a a father and and you know look at them good pat yourself on the back go out to starbucks get your nails done go and pamper yourself because you
0: write a book on about how to effectively parent
1: yes (laughs) as a
0: single mom because it's needed literally yes
1: like get that done and over with go and pat yourself on the back please and you know, there was something in, in Melvin's last spiel that it's it's this quote that I actually wrote down for what I hope to be our next episode on uh, creationism. And I wrote down this quote from a Christian Christian physicist, and it's it's in that context, but I feel like it works here. Um, he said, "If God created everything, we're Christian. We we believe that." If God created everything, then we must use more than the Bible to answer this question. He's meaning the origin of the universe, but I think it's bigger. Though the Bible is important, sometimes understanding God requires experiencing nature. And it's, it's one thing that I've noticed, you know, whether it's finances, whether it's, you know, life stuff. Hold on to the Bible, but realize that there's a. I feel like there's a lot of philosophy in here, and there's a reason why why God says, you know, He's a a lamp onto our feet, in either Proverbs or Psalms. We're we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. If we're supposed to hold on to the Bible only and not experience nature, that that means that we assume God gives us the entire picture going through life
0: amen and I would and, like to also uh, I would like to okay. also uh make one 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 point as well again with data um, according to uh, to a poll ran by uh, BBC which is the British broadcast Network which is one of the one of the very few uh, news outlets that I hold uh, as Please as go. neutral as it comes uh, if you're a type of person that wants to do nothing because A lot of people are in that camp too. They're like, ah, nothing needs to be done. What we have is working. What we I want you to take a guess right now. Not not you, Corey. I want you to think, what do you think is the percent of shootings of mass shootings that take place with legally with legally attained weapons? Okay. And this will give an indictment on what we have now is on whether what we have now is working or it isn't. What we have established right now has enabled that the percentage of school shootings and mass shootings that happen with legally attained firearms is a colossal 77%. Now, do you think that's working? What we have right now is working. If 77% of mass shootings are being conducted with legally attained weapons, then I think something better can be done because clearly what we have in place is still allowing the lunatics to get their hands on the weapons, okay? I don't don't care, honestly, I own a gun. I own a gun. I have a nine millimeter at the house and in every room in my house, there's one. There's a handgun in my house, in every room, I guarantee you. You come into my house bent on doing something bad to me and my family, we're going to have some bad news. But that's a different conversation.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 77% of mass shootings involve legal firearms. Goes to your point that there needs to be more digging And it needs to be a lot harder for a person to get a gun because but it also goes to my point that whatever restrictions we have now are not enough it needs to be harder and and this is if you if you don't agree with anything i've said because i have a feeling most of our audience is a little more to the right than i am and that is perfectly fine i love you all thank you for listening to us but if you think honestly, that just just be honest. Seventy. If if I told you that there was a place teaching how to drive and seventy-seven percent of their drivers crashed, would you go to that place? Do you think it's being what they're doing is being is being effective? Seventy-seven percent of failure. I don't understand it. So for my people that are out there saying nothing needs to happen, we have enough restrictions. How else like are the lunatics gonna stop getting these guns? What we have now is not enough because lunatics are still getting these guns. Walk into a walk, walk into a voting booth and mm-hmm. ask yourself, is the person for whom I'm voting gonna keep it? how it is right now. The fact that 77% of guns used in mass shootings are attained legally, which means lunatics are still getting to these guns. Oh, we can't stop it. Uh, BS. The UK stopped lunatics from getting to these guns. Australia has stopped lunatics from getting to these guns. Finland has stopped lunatics from getting to these guns. And we still have four times as many guns as countries that have experienced civil war during my lifetime. My lifetime. And I'm only 40. So even if they have a reason to have all these guns, they've experienced all these governmental atrocities towards their citizens, and still, they have three times less guns than we do. To me, that's my take, my man. I'm going to let you have the last one, and I'm going to let you Sign us off and please pay attention to your pastor's rhetoric tomorrow. If you're listening to to us, please yeah. pay attention to your pastor's rhetoric
1: tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, that that's I've just got two things left. Um, the first, when it comes to your pastor's rhetoric, there's going to be some people that you know, may be listening to us that will go into a church and it's going to sound like a political convention. Well, the Democrats are are this and the Republicans are that. Since Columbine in 1999, both political parties have had majority in Congress and the presidency at least once. Yes. You want to know how much much they've done about it? I'm going to be really scientific and I'm going to put a nice big number here. So, Melvin, can you please tell me the number that I write for those with audio only?
0: It is a big fat zero, my friend, and you are absolutely correct. Yes. in so the 23 years since Columbine, we've had majority of both parties.
1: Yeah, and so when if yep. you go in tomorrow and they 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 blame a political party, that's not godly. That is not response that we are called to do as Christians, they, these are not in the red letters to say, oh, you don't agree with this this particular party on one issue. You don't agree with them on any issue. That's, that's another not thing. It.
0: Yeah, we, we didn't even scratch that surface.
1: Yeah, yeah because like just
0: a lot of Christians are like, well, if I agree with my, my cousin on guns, then that means I agree with them on abortion. And I don't want to do that. So I might as well stay with Ted Cruz.
1: Yeah. And in the Bible, we are called not to conform to the patterns of this world. And politics is a trillion-dollar industry. So if you believe your political party over God, you are conforming to the patterns of this world, and you're not committing to the renewing of your mind. True or worse, my, my friend? My, my angry part is over, and I would just like to end like my spiel and like this episode with a bible verse that Biden quoted look i'm 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 right you know i i voted libertarian in 2020 and i did vote for trump in 2016 my my ballot is purple but it's it's a more redder shade of purple than blue but when biden the first thing he said when he addressed the nation about the shooting, it just really struck with me. He, you know, I forget the greeting that he used, but then he went into Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So if you're a parent and your kid is going into the last last days of school, or maybe you you know, you finally find this episode in the fall, and you're you're sending your kid just another another day of school, and you you're worried and you're crushed and you're brokenhearted. God is with you, and if you're a teacher and you're worried about this, you know Melvin mentioned the bomb threat. My wife's school had a had a gun threat. Um,
0: the Seriously, all, the- all these clowns issuing these threats take their right away. Yeah. seriously all I, I'm, I'm all for that hey I'm all for that if yeah. you're 15 16 year old knucklehead you haven't taught them enough to know that calling it a bump threat isn't funny then they ought to lose their right I don't give a rat's keister. if oh, they were 15 years old you call the threat bro you're good
1: <laughs> it's that yeah. simple like um and if 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 you're if you're a teacher and you're worried about that maybe there's been some threats on your school just no and it is a red letter there is a red little letter verse that backs this up that God is is with you and if you're a Christian like me maybe that gives you comfort and right now that's all I can offer you
0: and to put a bow on it my friend thank you so much for uh, for 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 talking with me thank you so much Corey for uh, respecting my opinions that differ from yours uh, mm. Thank you for treating me humanely. Uh, thank you for not dehumanizing me, for uh, having a different opinion. Thank you for respecting me. Uh, I hope that so I much. treated you the same way. Um, and I would like to close us out with Psalm uh, 127, verse three: "Children, have a heritage from the Lord. Offspring." reward from him children are our children are the most precious things we have and uh we need to do better to protect them their mental health depends on it we cannot have children stressed out at school that is their education that is the right they have a right to feel safe at school They have a right to learn without distraction that is the right what are we doing to pre- preserve their right one of these children that's going to school all anxious right now will be our president one day one of these children could be our boss one day what kind of what kind of environment are we protect are, are we are we are we supplying for them children are one of the greatest rewards that god gives us we need to protect them this has been the heathens podcast for my friend Corey Decker. My name is Melvin Lopez. Side with God, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm.